0: Dear Lord, we thank you for your words. Thank you for your spirit who takes your words and helps us to understand them in our minds and who writes them on our hearts so that we might be changed. And we pray that he would be at work in each and every one of us this morning, whether the Christian faith is something very familiar or something that we're exploring for ourselves. We pray you'd help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want us to start with a question here on the screen. What do these uh, different people have in common. So you've got there Pinocchio, um, David Mitchell, Rob Ryden, and Lee Mac, Lance Armstrong and the snake from the Garden of Eden. What do all those characters have in common? Who wants to tell me? Lola. Brilliant. They're all liars. They're all liars. Well done. There's Pinocchio, the famous puppet. Every time he lies, what happens, children, to his... Yeah. His nose gets bigger. Brilliant. Well done. It's Pinocchio the puppet. Um, uh, oh, sorry. Where's mine? There we go. Uh, there's a game show, Would I Lie to You? Anyone watch that? Yeah, it's good fun. Only one, oh, a couple of people. A couple, maybe a few more people watch that. It's good fun. Lance Armstrong, um, I think an unrepentant liar, um, was quite proud of his lies. And uh, the snake from the Garden of Eden, the very first liar of all. Now, we have reached number nine in our journey through the Ten Commandments. We've reached number nine, and I'm sure you know the story. The story is God's people are slaves in Egypt, and then God rescues them from Egypt, and they go through the Red Sea, and they get to the mountain, Mount Sinai. God says to Moses, come up the mountain, and I'm going to give you the Ten Commandments. The best way to live... And then God's people, they go into the promised land and and they break the law. They They don't keep all the commandments. But when Jesus turns up, Jesus says to us, God's law, it still counts to his disciples. He says, for I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. In other words, he says, if you want to be one of my disciples, if you want to follow me, if you want to be in God's kingdom, you need to keep God's law. Well, in that case, what do we do when we get to commandment number nine? What do we do with the commandment that says, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor? And there you've got a couple of people with long Pinocchio-like noses there on the screen. What do we do with this commandment, which is a bit like saying you shall not lie, but it's a bit more than saying you shall not lie, as we're going to discover. Because, why don't you put your hand up if anyone has ever lied to you? Put your hand up if anyone has ever lied to you. I think that's probably everybody. Okay, um, put your hand up if you've ever told a lie. I think that's everybody too. So we've all told lies and we've all been lied to. So what do we do with the commandment that basically says, "You shall not lie"? Well, first of all, we're going to think about what the commandment means, and next we're going to think about how can we keep it. How does Jesus keep it for us? And we're going to look at those Bible passages, a few other passages as well, and we're going to use my high-tech visual aid, which is a set of kitchen scales. Okay, I've got another visual aid in a minute as well. But first of all, here's our first lesson. God weighs all my words. He knows if they are true or false. So God weighs all my words. He knows if they are true or false. You know those um, self-checkouts? At the at the supermarket, and now just imagine for once that it actually works, okay? And you don't have to go and get the assistant to come and fix it for you. You scan your barcodes and you put them on the little scales, and it and it tells you how much you have to pay. But just imagine the assistant at Tesco or Sainsbury's or wherever it is has fiddled with it. So as you scan your um, your breakfast cereal or your heater kit or whatever it is, you pop it onto the scales and instead of it charging you for one box of breakfast cereal, it charges you for 10. Well, you'd be pretty cross about that, wouldn't you? Because they hadn't just stolen from you, they'd lied from you. Well, God says that he is cross when we do that with our words, okay? Here is a proverb from the Bible. It says, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is Is his delight. So God says that he weighs all our words and he hates it when we use false words instead of true words. Uh, When we pretend something is true that it's not, when it's not, or when we tell the truth but we say it in such a way that it almost becomes a lie. It's like Jesus said in our first reading from Matthew 12. He says, For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Do you remember he said, You will have to give account for every word you have spoken. So on the last day we'll all stand before Jesus as our judge and he'll want to know why we said every single word we said. He will weigh all of our words. So like on that on the screen there was... um scales that kind of did this slightly different to these kind of kitchen scales you put the truth on one side jesus's truth on one side and and our words on the other side and we'll have to and god will figure out do they measure up to the truth or do they are they exposed as a whole load of lies think about it like this okay here are two books a book of truth and a book of lies now, my life and your life is a mixture of these two books. Sometimes I say true things, and sometimes I say lies, false things. And so let's, let's put some of, the, some of the things that I might say in the scales. Okay, so let's put some of the things in the scales here. Here are some, here are some um, what's, this, is the, this is the true book, some true things. And here are, some, here are some false things, some lies. And then in a minute, I'm going to need some volunteers to come and read these things for me, okay? So all going in the scales. Like every single word that we say goes in God's scales, and God knows what's what. I'm going to mix them up a little bit. Okay, I need a couple of volunteers. Who wants to come and read some of my... Yeah, Hayley, you want you to hurry though, because you're all the way at the top. Well done. Haley, you come downstairs. And somebody else. Some Evan, come on, come on then, Evan. Well done. Just wait for Haley to get here. We're gonna play that game. If you played that game where something's true, you put your hands on your head and something's false, you put them on your bum. We're gonna do that together. Okay, so they're gonna read them out. If it's true, if you think it's true, you've got to put your hands on your head. And if it's false, you've got to put your hands. Um, on your lap, okay. So Evan, come here, and read. What's the first thing on the scales? You take it off and read it for me, nice and Gossip. nice and loud. Gossip. Gossip. True or false? Hands on your bum. It's <laughs> false. Well done, Haley. Next one. It says saying what. Saying what is good and what is wrong. So saying what is good and what is wrong is that is that saying the truth or saying. A lie. That's saying the truth. So telling things that are true, saying what is true or what is wrong. Hey, you do another one for me. Flattery. Flattery. Is that, a tr- is that a truth or a lie? Brilliant. It's a lie. Evan. Assuming the best about someone I don't like. Brilliant. Assuming the best about someone I don't like. Is that true or is that a lie? That's the truth, isn't it? Brilliant. Well done. Next one. Breaking promises. Breaking promises. Is that true or a lie? We've all stopped playing the game. We need to keep playing the game, right? Breaking, is that true or a lie? Breaking promises. It's a lie. I know you are playing the game. I'm just not paying attention. Well done. (laughs) Well done. Standing up for the truth. Standing up for the truth. Brilliant. Well done. Excellent. You all played it much better than me. Well done. Thanks, guys. Go and have a seat. Brilliant. You see, they all get mixed up on the scales, but God doesn't get them mixed up. God weighs all my words He knows if they are true or false. And here are some other ideas that we could put into the scales, okay? Here are some other things protecting the truth, promoting the truth, standing up for the truth, speaking only the truth, giving the benefit of the doubt, keeping our promises, welcoming good news about somebody, loving our neighbor's reputation, not exaggerating, pursuing all the facts. Those are ways we can speak the truth. Here are ways we can speak lies. Lies and telling tales, slander, gossiping, breaking a promise, ignoring the truth, being prejudiced, making something all about me. Uh, calling evil good and good evil, boasting about ourselves, hiding our sins from God or from other people. There's there's a couple of ideas of true things and false things, true truths and lies. And maybe you can think of some of those things that you might say, maybe quietly in your own head, maybe um, out loud at school, on the playgrounds, maybe in the office, maybe at church, maybe with your family. Some of those true things, some of those false things, maybe things that we write down in an email maybe things we put on social media. So what does this commandment mean? It means it's not just about lying. It's, a word, it's about words that, that don't tell the truth or that exaggerate the truth. It's about words that hurt others, about words that make ourselves look good and others look bad. And it can be hard, can't it, in our lives to figure out what is true and what is false. And that's not surprising because... The world has been full of lies since the very beginning. Do you remember what the snake said to Adam and Eve? He said, did God really say? You can't trust what God says. And then he says, you shall not die. You shall not surely die if you eat of the fruit. In other words, he just lied. And it's been difficult to tell what is true and false ever since we believed his lies. God weighs all my words. He knows if they are true or false. So what should I do today as a follower of Jesus? Let go of lying and lovingly tell the truth. Have a look at Ephesians chapter 4, which is page 1175. We're going to think about this for the second half of this talk, all right? Paul is talking to a church that is full of people who have broken this commandment. Some of them have spread rumors about people they don't like. Some of them have told lies. Some of them have broken promises. Some of them have exaggerated stuff about themselves to make themselves look really good and to make other people look bad. Some some of them are prejudiced about people who are different to them. But look at what has happened to them. Verse 21. It says, You were taught in him, that's in Jesus, in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. So they've learned the truth about Jesus. And so, verse 24, he says, you have been taught to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. In other words, God has made you into brand new people now. So because you know the truth about Jesus, because you're brand new people, what should you do? Verse 25, therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Sometimes people say that a lie splits somebody in half, you see. So half of them knows what the truth is. And the other half of them is trying to pretend that a lie is true or trying to bury the truth. So it splits people in half and it means that no one can trust you. It means we can't even trust ourselves sometimes. But a lie doesn't just split us in half, it splits us apart from each other. So if this half of the church is telling the truth or a lie this half of the church doesn't know whether they're telling the truth or the lie it's hard to trust each other when lies happen isn't it but when we become followers of jesus he says you have become members of one body you've been connected to the truth that is jesus and so now you're one body together you're not divided anymore and so you need to tell the truth to each other so that's true inside the church but also outside Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully, for we are all members of one body. In other words, let go of lying and lovingly tell the truth. What does that mean? What does that look like in practice? Here are some ideas for you. Proverbs 22 verse 1 says, A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favour is better than silver or gold. So that proverb tells us that God cares about my neighbor's reputation, so I should care about their reputation too. That means I won't gossip about them behind their back on the school playgrounds. It means I won't spread half-truths about them in an email at work. God cares about my neighbor's reputation, so I should too and speak the truth lovingly about them. It's another one. Proverbs uh, 26, 28. A lying tongue hates its victims, and flattering words cause ruin. Now, we know what flattery is, don't we? It's saying to somebody, you're my best friend. I don't have anybody else who's such a good friend as you. You say that to one person, and then you say to another person, you're my best friend. I don't have any other friend who's as good a friend as you. Would you both like to come to my birthday party? Because you want a best present from both of them, so you're kind of exaggerating the truth about them. Or maybe it's a work, and you're saying you're trying to get a deal signed and you say, you really are our most important client, and we've never had a client who's so important as you, and it's going to be brilliant if you sign this contract. And now it's kind of true, but you're exaggerating the truth. Flatter- telling the truth means telling the truth for their sake, not for my sake. Here's another proverb, Proverbs 12, 19. Truthful words stand the test of time. But lies are soon exposed. You see, sometimes we think it's better to lie for the long run. But it's never better to lie for the long run. Because the truth always finds its way out. Somebody gets to read your WhatsApp messages. Somebody reads your emails. Uh, Somebody sees your social media posts. Whatever it is. Someone remembers a conversation. In the heat of the moment, when we think it's better to lie we need to remember that we should lovingly tell the truth instead. One more proverb, Proverbs 18, 8. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's inmost parts. Sometimes lies, they taste so delicious. We think, oh, it's just lovely listening to that little bit of tasty gossip. But lovingly telling the truth means not spreading rumors about other people on the school playgrounds or in the office or in the church, Maybe it means going to the person the rumor is about and saying, I've heard about this, are you all right? Can I help you? Um, I think it also means, this proverb, not just skimming information. We're very good at skimming information, aren't we? Just like, (laughs) on our phone, or wherever it is. We hear something, or we hear something on the news, and we just assume it's 100% true. Or we, 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 we get our bit of information... And then, we say, and then we pass that information on to somebody else as if it is absolutely 100% true, when actually a lot of it is our opinion. And we need to think carefully. We need to investigate the, the truth rather than just skimming it and then passing it on as if it's absolutely 100% gospel truth. We need to think carefully about the things we're passing on to others. So there are four ideas about how we can let go of lies and lovingly tell the truth. All of them are from the book of Proverbs. By the way, the book of Proverbs is a really good place to go if you want to think about how do I speak and use my, my words. So what have we learned today about the ninth commandment? First of all, God weighs all my words. He knows if they are true or false. And second, I must let go of lying and lovingly tell the truth. But doesn't that mean that actually I'm in a bit of trouble with God. Because Jesus said that, that by our words we will be justified, or by our words we will be condemned. We need to think about the words we're saying to people. Jesus knows whether we're true or false. How can we get into God's kingdom if we have told even just one lie? Well, let me come back to our two books, okay? My life is a mixture of these two books. Sometimes I say true things, sometimes I say lies. Your life is a mixture of these two books. Sometimes you say true things, sometimes you tell lies. Jesus' life was always true. But do you know why Jesus died? Literally, why did Jesus die? Because people lied about him. Let's have a look in the Bible passage. I'm going to read to you from Matthew chapter 26. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false evidence against Jesus so that they could not put him to death. But they did not find any, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward and declared, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath, in other words, tell the truth, by the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. You have said so, Jesus replied, but I say to you, from now on you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look now, you have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? He is worthy of death, they answered. Then they spat in his face and struck him with their fists. Others slapped him and said, Prophesy to us, Messiah, who hits you? Why did Jesus die, literally? Because people told lies about the only true man who'd ever lived. He told them the truth. They said, are you the son of God? He said, yes. And they said, that's a lie. He deserves to die. But you know the amazing thing is that when, when Jesus died, he took my life of lies and he put it in his life. So that when God looks at me, he doesn't see my life of lies anymore. He just sees the life of Jesus. Every true word he ever spoke, none of my lies. As it says in the Bible, my life is hid with Christ in God. And so what a wonderful motivation that is, to let go of lying and to lovingly tell the truth. Because in Jesus Christ, I'm not a liar anymore. I tell the truth. And so that is, what he wants, that is how he wants me to live. Should we bow our heads and pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you take our words seriously. Lord, we thank you that when you look at the world and you see lies, you are angry and you will bring punishment and judgment upon all liars. And because we want to see the truth, we want to hear the truth in all the different places where we live and all around the world. And so we know that we are liars too. And we thank you, Lord God, that Jesus died for us so that we might not be liars anymore, but we might be truth-tellers in him. And we pray, Lord, that in our church and in our families, in our school, in our workplaces, with our friends, wherever we are, you'd help us to let go of lying and lovingly tell the truth. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.